Welcome to Brad Kyle's Brad's Motor Works podcast. We'll be talking about some things about BMW, some things of cars in general, and some things about car repair. I hope you find it educational, enlightening, and I hope it increases your understanding of your car. And maybe along the way we'll have some fun too. Thank you for listening, and here we go. Episode number 136, Carbon Calamities. Um, this one's going to be uh, probably 15, 20 minutes long, something like that. Um, it's going to be about uh, the carbon buildup on uh, GDI engines, which I've, I've talked about this in the past on some other podcasts, and specifically about GDI engines, which means gasoline direct injection engines. Uh, but this was an article that came up as far as um, it's in a trade magazine, so it's kind of written more for, you know, technicians and shop owners. But there's a lot of good information here. Uh, I'll be reading right from the article. And, uh, you know, like I say, I think it's written pretty well. And, and uh, it's certainly written in uh, reasonably in layman's terms, so it's not real technical. Um, so, again, this is this is something that, um, you know, for those of you that are, are driving a car, which of yours is relatively new. It probably has what's called GDI or gasoline direct injection. So a lot of this information is applicable to what you're driving. Uh, this is a, again, this is an article um, from uh, Motor Age. Uh, it was written by Brandon Steckler, okay, just to give him credit. And so again, it's called uh, Carbon Calamities. Uh, GDI engines can quickly suffer from carbon deposits. We examine their cause, symptoms, and prevention. So, um, and a quick commercial, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And also, uh, if you want to see the main homepage for where this podcast is distributed from, um, you can check out podbean.com. Uh, just do a title search for Brad Kyle's MotorWorks podcast. When you get to that page, upper right-hand corner, there's a link for Become a Patron. And if you are so inclined, uh, you can donate uh, $5 a month to the cause. I'd appreciate it. You can you can give less. You can give more. It's up to you. It doesn't have to be ongoing. It can be one time or whatever you feel is appropriate. I'd appreciate it. And uh, besides, you know, helping to, to uh, pay for the cost of the podcast and ongoing training that I get, um, the other thing for you, benefit, is I took about 12 to 15 of the previous podcasts I've done and made them only available via subscription. Um, you, uh, uh, the ones I picked specifically are ones that if you apply the information that I, that I give you, uh, I know there's no doubt in my mind that in your uh, uh, car ownership lifetime that you can save yourself thousands, if not maybe even tens of thousands of dollars and uh, hopefully some frustration too as well so uh, i think it's good information and so like i say i made it available only via subscription uh, payment so so let's start with this one carbon calamities since, since the existence of the internal combustion engine technicians have been forced to deal with the effects of carbon buildup as a byproduct of combustion carbon develops as the hydrocarbons of fuels such as gasoline and diesel are chemically converted to energy what is left over is the soot we used to see bellowing out of the smokestacks as large rigs accelerated down the road. That same soot collects within the exhaust system, but more noticeably in the induction system, in the induction systems of the engines they are supplying. Traditionally, when carbon buildup became excessive, 
drivability faults such as tip-in hesitation and smoking tailpipes under closed throttle deceleration became evident. That is when we were paid a visit from our customers. With today's prevalent GDI, gasoline direct injection, vehicles, the story is the same, but the effects of carbon are a lot more pronounced. Let's talk about how and why and some solutions to the problem. Port fuel injection versus GDI. The port-injected engine's fuel injectors deliver fuel to the individual intake runners of each cylinder. The fuel delivered in this fashion provided the desirable byproduct of the gasoline serving as a cleaning agent. Each time the fuel injector delivered its dose, the fuel would wash the carbon from the back of the intake valves and seats, preventing any buildup from occurring. Because of this, engines of Port injection design didn't tend to suffer from the effects of carbon buildup as described above, although there were exceptions. With the advancement in technology and the ever-tightening noose of emission standards came GDI engine platforms. These engines host, excuse me, these engines boast big power output, high fuel mileage, and minimized tailpipe emissions. Couple that with variable cam timing, variable valve lift duration, and turbocharging, and you've got one heck of an efficient power plant. With specially designed pistons, the incoming air charge and the fuel dose from the injector meet the piston near the top, dead center of the combustion stroke. The way the air enters the combustion chamber and how the fuel is atomized is crucial to the combustion process of the GDI engine. This is known as stratified charge and promotes complete combustion with greater efficiency. The downside to the GDI engine is its sensitivity to carbon buildup. The GDI engine's fuel injector arrangement doses each cylinder with fuel directly, meaning the fuel is no longer sprayed on the back of the intake valve and no longer serves as that cleaning agent to prevent the carbon buildup from occurring. This is just a natural occurrence due to the design of this GDI system. It's not bias to one manufacturer over the other. Carbon caused misfires. Early on, many theorized that the source of the idle speed misfires related to carbon was similar to misfires caused by the carbon effects of yesterday. They believed that the carbon was serving as a sponge and absorbing the fuel that was intended for the combustion chamber. In actuality, the misfires are due to the disruption of airflow into the combustion chambers. This symptom is particularly present during cold start idle conditions. The airflow, or more precisely, how the air tumbles into the cylinder, is crucial to the combustion process. When the carbon sets up in the intake ports and or around the stem of the intake valves, it creates turbulence. This alters the way the air tumbles into the cylinders. The GDI combustion event relies on a curtain of air to encompass the fuel charge like a cloak, preventing the fuel from condensing on the cylinder walls. The overall air-fuel ratio in the cylinder can be extremely lean. However, the center of the charge, where the spark will be concentrated, is abundant in fuel. The air and fuel molecules are held very close together and the airflow, excuse me, and allow the flame front to propagate easily across the air-fuel charge. To visualize this, think of setting fire to a few scraps of paper. One could have the pieces close enough so the flame could easily propagate from piece to piece. If the paper pieces were, to f were too far spread apart, the fire would soon extinguish and leftover paper pieces would remain. With air in a GDI engine, in dis it is disrupt. Boy, let me start over. 
when the air in a GDI engine is disrupted to the turbulence created by the carbon, the air will not homogenize properly with the fuel molecules. There will be pockets of lean air-fuel mixture. As a result, improper or insufficient combustion will, will occur and can be felt by the driver as a misfire. All the flavors of carbon. Some manufacturers don't offer any preventative countermeasures to battle carbon buildup. When severe drivability symptoms surface and the result is due to carbon, removal of cylinder head for carbon cleaning is the procedure called upon in the service information. There are countermeasures to reduce or remove carbon from these GDI engines. Some are effective and some, well, not so much. I'm one who truly believes in preventative maintenance. It's quite common for one to experience carbon buildup in as early as 15,000 miles on the odometer. With that said, the employment of a chemical induction system service and or fuel system additive, additive is not a bad idea from a preventative maintenance aspect. Certainly, adhere to the manufacturer's recommendations. In my experience, most customers don't didn't boy. Most customers don't maintain their vehicles that well and fail to address the induction system that early on. As a result, the only time I see them addressed carbon is when a drivability fault surfaces and must be rectified to alleviate an uh, MIL malfunction indicator light or to pass a state-mandated emissions test. Typically, when carbon becomes bad enough to create a drivability fault, the chemical induction fogging treatment aren't always your best option. They don't seem to be very effective once the symptoms surface. As a result, technicians are left with two other effective options. The first is a typical solution that involves media blasting. The intake manifold is removed to expose the intake ports. In many cases, media, such as pulverized walnut shells, are propelled against the carbon-covered surface using compressed shop air. The media is simultaneously recovered using a shop vac. Although messy, the process gives excellent results and the valves ports look brand new once the surface is complete. This is probably the most effective method. However, in many cases, access to the intake ports could take many hours and can be a tough sell to a customer knowing it will likely occur again if countermeasures aren't taken after the service. Another option involves a chemical treatment and pulsed pressurized air introduced to the induction system. However, it is done so using three different types of chemicals to address all the different types of carbon that are layered upon one another. Don't get me wrong, I'm not here to promote any specific brand name. It's the functionality of the tool that makes it worth mentioning. The tool is called the 3C Intelligence Induction Cleaner by Automotive Test Solutions. Six years of chemical development created comp compositions the automotive industry has never seen before. It systematically strips the carbon from the induction system layer by layer due to the staggering of the three chemicals and unique delivery methods. I mention this tool because it is an extremely effective preventative maintenance countermeasure and equally as effective for eliminating drivability faults. It consumes the carbon and eliminates it, effectively eliminating the turbulence rather than redistributing it on the turbo impeller or catalytic converter. It provides a tremendous alternative to engines, engine teardown and can be performed in a timely and affordable fashion. Again, this provides another option to the customer. Note, some engines cannot be cleaned chemically due to the design of the induction system. Okay.
Proper maintenance and products are key. So where does the car this carbon come from? Believe me when I tell you that most of the carbon issues we can see be directly related to the design of the GDI engine. However, there is more to it than that. Many customers are still attracted to the 1995 oil change special. Ask yourself this question. How can an oil filter change with labor and taxes, tax charges be so inexpensive? The quality of the products used is what comes into play. Not all oils are created equal. Just because the bottom is labeled as a 5W20, indication of viscosity, doesn't mean it has the additives necessary to meet the specifications designed for the vehicle being serviced. The oil's additive package packages are what allow characteristics like 15,000 mile change intervals to exist. Running an economically priced oil for that interval will not always support the engine's requirements. Also, consider the filter. Some filters work perfectly, but for only 3,000 miles. The filtering media won't carry any more contaminants after that. The problem is, is there is no warning or indication. Once the filtering media is loaded, the bypass valve in the filter simply opens due to pressure buildup and allows unfiltered oil to circulate through the engine. As oil breaks down chemically, sludge begins to form. Piston rings begin to stick in the ring lands and blow-by begins to occur, contaminating the crankcase and eventually the PCV system with combustion gases. The PCV system recirculates its content back to the induction system and the particulates begin to collect. It's this lack of proper maintenance that is the real problem. Not only does it lead to the turbulence induced idle misfires described earlier, but eventually it can be, re can be so restrictive the cylinders struggle to breathe under heavy load higher RPMs. Vehicles will exhibit a lack of power and poor combustion and this can lead to catalytic failure as well. This picture is as pre and post induction system cleaning using a lab scope and pressure transducer as the intake manifold uh, to demonstrate how each cylinder inhales relative to the others. It's easy to see that carbon truly hinders volumetric efficiency. There was a picture in the article which obviously I can't provide you of that or what he's describing there. So. so how can we prevent this mayhem from occurring? It begins with education. Educate yourselves and your fellow team members on the importance of preventative maintenance and quality products like oils and filters. Once that is understood, we can properly educate the customer on the importance of avoiding these budget services and get them on track to maintaining their vehicles properly. I think you'll find in time that customers are more than happy to spend the extra money once they truly understand that investment in that once they truly understand what that investment will do for the longevity of their vehicles. Uh, to put it in perspective for myself anyway, as a shop owner and certainly as a car owner, um, I, you know, I put in uh, oil that is uh, uh, recommended or, well, it meets BMW specifications or better, okay? And obviously I use high quality proper German oil filters. And I'm, I'm a big believer. I don't, in some respects, I don't really care what the manufacturer says. BMW, BMW has gone as high as 15,000 mile oil change intervals specifically. Boy, hiccups. Um, they, some of the cars, the ones that are GDI and turbocharged, when you go to reset the oil service monitor, it'll drop it down to maybe 10,000 miles, 9,000 miles. I am still uh, and definitely talk to people about doing oil change intervals at 5,000 miles. 
even with you know using the best quality of, of materials of oil and oil filters and so on and so forth okay uh, having said that, I can say that the, the symptoms he's describing and the fact of me having to do, you know, chemical cleaning processes and things like that, uh, it's actually very, very rare for me to have to do that. Uh, now, it might be because I'm in California. It might be because our climate is more stable, so to speak. Um, I don't really, I don't have any definite information that says carbon buildup is necessarily more likely under more adverse climates than typically California is. But certainly the biggest thing is, is definitely, um, you know, quality of oil, uh, quality of the oil filter that's being used, how often the oil is being changed, uh, how the car is driven. Um, if the car is driven more of just stop and go city type stuff, you're potentially going to get more of carbon buildup happening than versus someone who gets into it and drives, you know, 50 or 100 miles to work one way. Okay, uh, that's just a whole different kind of driving style. Okay, so it goes back down to you know maintenance is very important, and um, you know I, I certainly agree with the point he's making that um, saving a few dollars here and there on on doing a less expensive service. Uh, you're not necessarily doing yourself or your car any kind of favor so as far as long term so keep that in mind i hope this has been uh, this one's been informative for you and if you learned a couple of things and uh you know kind of maybe make some changes to uh how you decide to have your car worked on or or uh you know the quality of parts that are put into it and the materials uh, as far as oil and stuff like that so i appreciate your time appreciate you listening Again, real quick, uh, if you want to get a hold of me via email, it's bkpodcast5 at gmail.com. And again, you know, check out the, the website for the, uh, for the podcast. It's on podbean.com, Brad Kyle's Motorworks Podcast. And uh, I'm up to, again, this is episode number 136. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff there, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, titles and subjects that I've gone over uh, this, this currently, uh, this is, uh, today is, uh, January 3rd of 2022, a new year. Um, I started this podcast next month will be three years. Um, and in February, it'll be three years that I started this podcast. I've done it once a week, almost religiously for every week, uh, during that time. <clears throat> I did actually take off this last November and December, uh, just kind of to, you know, have a chance to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, do some family stuff and uh, kind of get away from uh, the responsibility and time of doing the podcast. But, uh, you know, again, as far as the email, I'm always looking for new ideas and new subject titles and, and things to talk about. So if you have something that comes up, you know, definitely give me a quick email and let me know. And if it's something I, I use, I will definitely give you credit for it as far as by name. So that's about it for now. I appreciate your time. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you have a great today and a fantastic tomorrow. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. It's been an honor and a privilege to spend time with you. I hope you found this of value. Please share it with family and friends. Above all else, with all you're getting, get understanding. May God bless you and keep you, and thank you again.